0: see that he calls for Jesus. You you see this occasionally in some of these Old Testament prophets. For instance, Job. If you've read the book of Job, right about the middle of there, in, in chapter 16, he says this, even now my witness is in heaven. My advocate is in the heights. My friends scoff at me as I weep before God. I wish that someone might argue for a man with God, just as one would with a friend. That's right in the middle of of Job. And so what Job is calling for is, we need Jesus. We need someone, an advocate, someone to speak for us to God. That's what Job calls for. And we're going to see that in Ecclesiastes today. We're going to see Solomon lays out the problem. And he doesn't have a solution. But we know the solution. We know the solution. We know the answer. We know exactly where what Solomon needs to fix everything he talks about today. So let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 7, starting in verse 19, and it will be up here behind me. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, starting in verse 19, and we'll go to the end of the chapter. Wisdom makes the wise person stronger than ten rulers of a city. There is certainly no one righteous on earth who does good and never sins. Do not pay attention to everything people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For in your heart you know that many times you yourself have cursed others. I have tested all of this by wisdom, and I resolved I will be wise. But it it was beyond me. What exists is beyond reach and very deep. Who can discover it? I turn my thoughts to know, explore, and examine wisdom, and my explanation for things and to know that wickedness is stupidity, and folly is madness. And I find more bitter than death the woman who is a trap, her heart a net, and her hands chains. The one who pleases God will escape her, but the sinner will be captured by her. Look, says the teacher, I have discovered this by adding one thing to another to find out the explanation, which my soul continually searches for, but does not find. I found one person in a thousand, but none of those were women. Only only see this. I have discovered that God made people upright, but they pursued many schemes. So the first thing that, that Solomon says, the first problem that he presents is wisdom. He talks again about wisdom, and he says that, that he has sought it, that he has spent his life on it, but that he couldn't find it, that it was too deep. It was beyond his reach. Wisdom is beyond his reach. He's tried everything. Now, I want you to recall that everything in Ecclesiastes, he's comparing a life apart from God with a a life with God. And so what he's talking about here is he's searching for wisdom on earth and can't find it. It's beyond him. It's too deep. It's beyond his reach. And true wisdom can't be found. You know, Paul actually addresses this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He says this, "Where is the one who is wise? Where's the teacher of the law? Where is the debater of his age? Hasn't God made the world's wisdom foolish? For since in God's wisdom the world did not know God through wisdom, God was pleased to save those who believe through the foolishness of what is preached." For the Jews ask for signs, the Gentiles ask for wisdom. We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Yet to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So what Solomon says is, I can't find wisdom in this, in this world. I can't find wisdom in this life. And that's because wisdom isn't here. Christ is the wisdom of God. And it, 1 Corinthians tells us clearly. So what Solomon is seeking for is wisdom apart from God, wisdom in mankind. Now, i got to tell you, all you got to do is watch the news, and you can tell there isn't any wisdom in mankind. So Solomon seeking wisdom in mankind. You know, you don't go to a car dealership to buy groceries. Why? Because that's not where you find what you want. You don't go to a a furniture store to buy a car. Why? Because that's not where you find what you want. Solomon's not going to find wisdom apart from God. He's not going to find wisdom in mankind. It's clear that that there is no wisdom in mankind. So what Solomon cannot find seeking wisdom in, in mankind, we know in Christ. Christ is the power of God. He's the wisdom of God. So we know what Solomon doesn't. Solomon sought for wisdom. He cried out for wisdom. We have it in Christ. What Solomon sought, we know in Christ. So, the, so Solomon's first cry out for wisdom. He's not going to find it apart. From Christ. Then he, Then he talks about righteousness. He says he tries to find someone righteous. He says in every single man and every single woman, all he finds is sin. No one does good all the time. Everyone sins. We know this too, don't we? We know apart from God, there is no righteousness. Again, watch the news tonight. You'll be convinced. Paul addresses this in Romans 3. He says this, The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So Christ shows us not only that there, it, it acknowledges there is sin in all of us, every single one of us, Sin. Christ acknowledges that. Romans acknowledges that and then says that our sin is taken care of. Our righteousness is in Christ. Now, I want to I want you just to, to I, w- I want to read part of that again. It says the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ. So it, our righteousness is not in acting better. Our righteousness is not in trying to sin less often. Or trying to enforce the law, or trying to be better people. That's not where our righteousness is. Our righteousness is in faith in Christ and nowhere else. So again, Solomon is looking for righteousness in mankind, and he doesn't find it. We know it in Christ. We have the righteousness of God by faith in Christ what Solomon seeks we know and then Solomon talks about wisdom in men and women he talks about equality he talks a little about he says there isn't any any uh, wisdom in women there is they're, they're very hard to find in men he just he's talking about this this problem of finding wisdom in, in men and women and I think it's interesting he talks even about he kind of personifies, the idea of wickedness or, or sin by talking about this woman that just that, that traps people. That's, I don't think he's talking about an actual woman there. I think he's personifying the idea, the desire to find something, of the desire that we have to sin. There isn't any righteousness in men or women. We're equal that way. You know, in our country, we have equal rights. But in this country, at the time of Solomon, women were possessions. They, they were counted among the sheep and goats and, and camels that a, that a guy owned. They weren't, you know, they weren't really even second-class citizens because they didn't have any rights in court at all. They had to have an adult Jewish male stand in and speak for them in court, or they had no rights at all. So they weren't really, that there was a difference in that culture even all the way to the time of Jesus. You think about the time of Jesus, it was the same. Jesus was saying that that women were equal with men in our need for salvation and in salvation were equals. That that would have blown away the people of even Jesus' time. This culture, women were possessions. And yet, Galatians 3 says, there is no Jew or Greek slave or free, male or female, since you are all one in Christ. When we studied the book of Acts, we saw women on the councils of churches. We saw women included in in the prayers for the churches. We saw women as deaconesses. We saw women equal with men in spirituality, in need for Christ, and in salvation in Christ. Equals. Now, because of our current culture, I can't believe I have to say this, but I'm going to, this does not say men and women are the same. It does not try to address the distinctions between men and women. Boys and girls are different. Men and women are different. They have been, since God said that he made them male and female, they are different. They always have been, they always will be different. What Paul is talking about here in Galatians 3 is the equality of need for Christ and the equality of salvation in Christ. Jesus didn't have to hang on the cross longer for men or for women. He hung on the cross and men and women have the wisdom of of God and the righteousness of God in salvation in Christ. So what, what Solomon cries out for here, we have in Christ. We are all equals in Christ. We all have the equal need for Christ, and we all have the equal salvation in Christ. Just because I'm standing up here on this platform doesn't mean I'm more saved than you are. We have an equal need and an equal salvation. Uh, Paul Paul addresses that in Galatians 3. Then he says, then he talks about wickedness. Verse 29 is a great statement. We, I put it as our, uh, our memory verse this week because it's such a great statement. God didn't make us, God made us upright, but we followed a, a myriad of schemes. There, there's, we pursued schemes. There's a truth, isn't it? There's a truth. We pursue schemes. I love how that's said. This is, we have a problem with an innate wickedness. God didn't make us that way. We made ourselves that way with our sin. That's that's how that happened. We pursued schemes instead of pursuing God. So we need a cure for our wickedness. Well, one of my favorite verses, 2 Corinthians 5.17, says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. You are a brand new you in Christ. You're no longer pursuing schemes. You're no longer pursuing wickedness. You are now following Christ. You are now pursuing Christ. You now have the righteousness of Christ. You have the wisdom of Christ. You have the equality of salvation. And and you are pursuing Christ and no longer pursuing schemes. No longer pursuing... Wickedness. This is the cure we need. This is the cure Solomon sought. Solomon wanted something that dealt with our wickedness. He does a great job of, of pointing out the problem, doesn't he? he? He he describes the problem very well. We aren't very wise. We don't have any righteousness. We 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 are separates somehow. And and Think lower of one, one sex than we do the other. We, we we have a wickedness an innate wickedness that just cries out for us to follow schemes. This is how Solomon describes us, and we know Christ is the answer. We know Christ fulfills all of this. We have the wisdom of God in Christ. We have the righteousness of God in Christ. We have true equality of need and salvation in Christ. And we have a cure for our natural wickedness in Christ. So you see, this is one of those spots in the Old Testament where you can look and see Solomon, like Job, really lays out the problem well. He understands the need. Now we understand the solution. We understand the answer. We understand that that this has been taken care of for us in Christ. We have all we need in Christ. We have everything that Solomon searched for. He spent Remember who Solomon is. He's the richest king that ever lived. He had everything he could possibly want and money to buy anything he he wanted. Anything that any whim that that came his head he could buy. And he couldn't have these things. He couldn't have what we can only have in Christ. He uh, Christ answers our deepest needs. The needs that even Solomon and all of his riches couldn't get on his own. We have in Christ. So, it, so I must ask you, do you know Christ? Do you know The righteousness of God, the wisdom of God. Do you know your need for Christ? Do you know Christ? I ask that you bow your heads and consider that question. Do you know Christ? Because you can this morning. It's a simple prayer that you can follow along. In your own words, just say, God, I, I recognize that I have sin in my life, I'm not righteous. I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I see that Jesus died in my place on that cross. He died to give me his wisdom, to give me his righteousness, to give me his forgiveness, to make me right with God. So I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross and i ask you to come into my life and empower me give me the power of god in christ if you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning you need to let somebody know let me know come and in the, in the, let let your neighbor know i'll give him an elbow and say i i accepted christ Maybe this morning you know Christ. But as you think about the last week or two weeks, it hasn't been about his righteousness, his wisdom. It's been about yours. Trying to be righteous on your own. Trying this world's wisdom. We take a moment right now and ask God to forgive all that. To re-empower you with his wisdom his righteousness. Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you, Father, that as Solomon describes our problem so accurately. Though he wrote thousands of years ago, he describes yesterday for us. We thank you that we have an answer to all of this in Jesus. Help us to keep coming back to the answer. Focus on the solution, not the problem.